every single day I ask myself, what do I need to eliminate to move faster? Because there's an infinite amount of things you can do to market a business or to grow it or to get more sales, but actually only a tiny fraction of them actually matter and move the needle. So for me, it's all about focus. Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast, how to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real world results. I'm your host, Ida Marmorani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Welcome to today's episode, guys. Today, we have Julian with us. Now, most of you guys listening to the podcast are entrepreneurs as well, and Julian might have been in a similar place than you. He was already doing very well. He already had a seven-figure SEO company, but in his own words, he was doing a bit too much, feeling a little bit burnt out, and not being as efficient as he could be. And since we talked last month, we chatted a little bit and he shared me some very interesting insights, things that he's had flipped the switch since he's on the program that have helped him really get to a new level. So I'm very curious about some of them and I'm looking forward to him sharing his lessons. So first off, welcome, Julian. Thank you for coming you. on the show, man. Good to be on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So from your words, could you please describe for the people first where you were before the program and where you are now after the program from, let's say, a clear result standpoint? Sure. So before the program, I knew there were certain things. I think there were certain limiting beliefs that I had previous to the program that I needed to overcome that were holding me back in business and also just in life in general. And on top of that, I was genuinely doing a bit too much. And that's always been the way my personality has been like, try and do much, try and do more. And you always think like more is better. I think as an entrepreneur, cause you try and throw the whole kitchen sink at a problem. And that's pretty much where I was at before we started working together. Yeah. And where is it now? Is there a switch? Cause that's what you mentioned. That was interesting. Yeah. So right now, I mean, the last two months, April, May, sorry, March and April, the revenue is up 120% each month, which is awesome year on year. So good results there, but also everything is a lot more efficient now. So instead of going down that more, do more, hire more, try and sell more services, rabbit hole, it's been more about elimination this year really, and doing less, but doing it better and being a lot more efficient along the way. That's awesome, Ed. I remember you said staff is down, but revenue and profits are way up. I was like, that's a good combination. That sounds like the right way to go about this. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool, man. So first off, congrats, man. That's awesome. What I'd like to ask you first off is what do you think from your perspective was the main thing that enabled that shift? Was it a belief that had to be shared with a change of the mindset around this kind of thing? What was it for you? Was it say this was the lead domino that actually enabled this? I think they were too big sort of dominoes. The first one was, I didn't, I mean, I would say one of the biggest problems was caring too much what others, others think. And then that issue affects everything you do in life. Because for example, if you're running a personal brand, but you care what other people think, or, you know, it's going to stop you from doing public speaking, it's going to reduce the reach of your content it's going to make you shy away from certain opportunities. And so this one limiting belief was actually blocking me from 
the whole marketing and the sales side of the business, which led to diminished returns, basically. Yeah. So can you share what was your process at first unearthing that that was the blocker? And then what was it for you that made it click that this is something I should let go of? Or how did you overcome it? Because and I'll say why, because usually like one person's example is a thousand other people's example as well. And I think if you can share your process, a lot of people be like, ah, that clicks for me as well. I can utilize that as a tool for myself. Yeah, I think one of the biggest problems was like a fear of judgment, honestly, and like wondering what other people would think. I know that when we worked together, we talked about how that idea or that fear of being judged, for example, in your content, or if you do public speaking or like, okay, you come out, I do SEO. So you come out and say that you do SEO, but people are like you're a fraud and you don't make a bazillion dollars off SEO. So therefore you're not good at it. Well, actually, first of all, you don't really have a face or a name to that person. Like it's just someone out there in distance. Um, number two, one of the biggest things was like, it's kind of a mirror of you, right? So if you judge other people subconsciously until you make the subconscious conscious, you will be insecure of being judged. And that, that mirror filters down across everything in your business, but that was a big part of it. So that's how you felt that you felt like there was this fear of judgment and you recognize, wait, there's not a specific person I actually care about that I'm afraid will judge me for this. It's just this weird, ominous thing. Yeah. It's just like more, you don't know who, but you have yeah. this they. fear of it. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they. very vague. And was that the thing that allowed you to, to not have it such a stronghold anymore? Once you recognize, oh, it's this ominous day and it's not the people that actually care about. Was that what allowed you to actually say, okay, this is not something I want to give that much power to anymore? That was part of it. Yeah. And I think as well, just, you know, excuse my French, but you have to learn to just not give a fuck. Like if you really want to get out there and you really want to grow your brands, like for example, if you look at my YouTube channel, a few months ago, we used to get like maybe 300 views a day. Now we get nearly half a million a month. Nice. Very nice. Um, like it, it took me three years to get to four and a half thousand subscribers on YouTube. And in the, if you look at the last 90 days, we're up to nearly 20,000 subscribers. And you think that's because you're just more free to be yourself and say your truth, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And if you speak, if you see a lot of the comments or when I speak to other clients who come on sales calls, a big part of that growth is just being authentic. Like you don't feel like you have to present yourself in a certain way. You just show up and you be yourself. Like who cares? Yeah. yeah. So the moment you kind of let go of that fear of judgment by other people, you're like, okay, I don't care anymore. So I'm not going to try to fit this mold for other people. Therefore yeah, I can exactly. do myself. And once that came across, people are like, I really like this individual because he's actually someone I believe is actually a genuine individual. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. That's it as well. The other thing that ties into this, and I don't want to go off into a crazy tangent, but I remember one of the things that hurt the most, but probably led to the most growth was when you said, like, I, you basically said, I'm not assertive enough. Yeah. And that was another problem that was leaking down, especially when I was managing people in the team and I had to make tough decisions. And I was going down that sort of nice guy route, I would say. So when I do videos now, there's no like trying to present myself as like a nice guy or anything like that. It's just no bullshit. Let's cut the fluff. Let's get straight to the point. I'm not here to waste my time, especially not going to waste your time. 
And I think that works really well when you're marketing yourself. Yeah. Because so again, it's authentic. Can I dive into that? I think this is a really yeah. important thing. So I remember when I initially met you, um, what people had told me about you and the level of success your company has, and also like the kind of results you guys get. And the person who I actually met, I was like, it's not, it doesn't match. It didn't meet my expectations. I expected to find someone who was much more confident and assertive within his like, this is my area of expertise. This is where I'm competent at and I feel free and comfortable with it. And that's what I meant when I said, I didn't say you were assertive. I remember that. I remember saying, like, Julian, can I be honest with you here? You don't carry yourself with the kind of poise that someone in your situation should. Yeah. And that was the big thing. Like, for some reason, this person who's obviously doing very well and is very capable doesn't believe that or doesn't give himself permission to act in a way that would signal that. And I remember you also messaged me after after the, I think it was literally the last week of the program. You messaged me afterwards and he was like, man, I really appreciate it. Like, no one gives me that feedback. I need that kind yeah, of feedback. Yeah, no one tells you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's like when I see you these days, you're you're a completely different guy. Your energy, nice. the, the blink test, that's when I said like it didn't pass before. It's a very different thing now. Like now when somebody looks at you, he's like, oh, he he probably knows his shit just by the way he's conducting himself. It's so funny you say that because I've been on two sales calls in the last seven days and they've both talked about the blink test. Yeah. And that's led to more sales from clients because they're like, listen, Julian, I can tell you're one of the good guys. And I'm not just saying this as like a story, yeah. but they're like, right. I can tell you one of the good guys. I can just see that with a blink test and you're not full of BS like a lot of people in the industry. So that's why I trust you. And that's why I'm going to buy from you. Yeah. It makes such so a big difference. It does. I, I want to ask you that. So what do you think gave yourself permission? Because it's interesting a lot. It, it's very unique. Usually the when guys have a big surge in like let's say confidence or how they're comfortable portraying themselves, it comes from them removing a certain insecurity um, or a certain belief. And for you, it's more so you just needed to be told, like, listen, dude, it's okay to do this to actually step into who you are. That's what it felt like. It was just like yeah. you thought that you were that was not actually a good thing to do. And I wonder where you picked that up. That it was actually not advisable to just be yourself and speak your truth, so to speak. I think it, honestly, and I never saw this coming, but for me, I do a lot of reading, a lot of learning. And, you know, you read these business books, especially in management and leadership, that talk about how you want to be a great boss. You want to be someone that your team likes because if they like you, they're going to work better for you. And can I ask what books these are? If you're willing to share. I think one of them might be called How to Be a Good Boss. But okay. um, even stuff like, and, and this was recommended by a lot of people, but What Got You Here Won't Get You There, okay. which is a great book. But it talks about removing, it actually talks about removing assertiveness in one part of the book. And not, and, and sort of going with the flow of what your team says, rather than challenging them and trying to raise them to another level, which leads to growth, right? Yeah. If you, you have to be willing to say what needs to be said and just call it out straight away. Yeah. I think what you said there is a very interesting thing about how you pass the blink test that you're one of the good guys. I think if you have, if everyone has a clear understanding that you're not just trying to be mean or trying to just be cruel or whatever, but you do have good intentions for them and your intentions are for them to be able to grow and really succeed. And therefore, you're being assertive and helping challenge them and helping them challenge themselves. It's a very big difference than just being like, okay, guys, like who feels comfortable? What do you want to do? Which I think yeah, is that's a lot very of, true. Yeah. 
So how did that impact your team when you shifted? Because that's a big shift to make from saying, okay, guys, like, what do you want to do? This is how we're doing it. Would you be open to sharing about kind of how that came across? Yeah, I think this is one of the other big lessons I've learned, especially about running a business. It's just, for me particularly, what works is having a culture of honesty and saying what needs to be said. So, and, and doing it in a way that's, there's a very big difference, right? Because what a lot of newbie entrepreneurs do when they're working online is they, they come from an emotional perspective. And they call stuff out from an, an emotional way, like in terms of being angry or in terms of trying to make someone feel stupid for making a mistake. Mm. And that's not what it's about. It's about, it's a very logical way of giving feedback, but being directly honest and, you know, culturally with the team. Can you share your you know, process there? You're, you sound like you have a formula. Can you share like, what is your formula for this? How to give feedback? Yeah, for me, it's like, right, listen, I believe in you. You've grown so much since you've worked with us. And here's how I think I can get you to the next level. And if you do this, everything will change. And, ge and it's genuinely true. It's not like I'm just saying it's some, some sort of carrot and stick method. It's no, it's actually about helping that person grow. If you look at the people who have been with me the longest, they've transformed totally as people. Yeah. And in the skill sets. Yeah. I think what you're saying here, the way I would encapsulate it is to tell people you're better than this. And I believe that you're mm -hmm. better than this. Like, I'm going to champion you because I think you're better than this. And not that this is just bad. This is annoying me. This is frustrating me because now I have to deal with it. But when you're champion yeah. someone's like, you're better than this. And I'm challenging you because you're better than this. And I know you're better than this. People actually really, the certain kind of people will really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then from there as well, you know, some people need the harder coaching in terms of resetting expectations. Because if you let things slide, you get what you tolerate. So if you allow people off the hook and you don't say what needs to be said, then it leads to so many bad habits, so many problems in the culture, so much bureaucracy in a team that's not even that big, but it filters down and everyone starts operating like that. So you have to call that, call that out straight away. I love that you said that. It's, it's not, you don't get what you expect or what you hope for, or what's fair, you get what you tolerate. And that's a big thing. I'll share my perspective on this. I am comfortable even with the coaching, right? Like that thing that I told you, that was a very difficult thing to say. Mm. So I recognize what I'm going to say the word per word, like if it was written text, that'd be very difficult to absorb. But if I can package it with such obvious care and a desire for this to be something that'll be betterment for you, that's how I can hope for it to be received. So the words are very blunt, but the tone is very compassionate. And I think mm. that's why you were able to receive it and not be like part of my French, but like F Edomar. I don't, it, it did hurt at the time. For yeah. Sure. It, but it, 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 you know, there was no way around but, that. But yeah, I wanted yeah, to be, yeah. still be able to be absorbed. Like it was a tough thing that needed to be said, but I didn't, and it was okay for it to hurt, but I didn't want you to get to a place where you were defensive and then you couldn't absorb it and it couldn't actually help you because the goal yeah. of it was to help you. It wasn't to call something out. It was to genuinely come from a place that want to help you. Yeah. That's the other thing. I think, you know, with that whole, this is the other problem with those sort of books, right? It's like you have to, with those self-development books, it talks a lot about taking feedback, but you also have to be able to edit it, right? Because for example, if you have someone coaching you and they give you advice, you've still got to think about it yourself, right? You get like a list of a long things to do as a CEO, 
And then you've got to separate the trivial many versus the vital few and figure out, okay, what are the biggest things that are going to make the biggest difference? Yeah. And that was a big shift for you. I remember you bringing this up as well. So can you share what was for you the switch around that? Because you said in the past, like you've hired a lot of consultants and it would just create more to do's instead of more results. So what was yeah. the, the shift for you that you said, okay, this is actually what's going to be the impactful things, uh, the vital few, as you say, that I'm going to focus on. Yeah, for me, it's like every single day I ask myself, what do I need to eliminate to move faster? Because there's many, many things. There's an infinite amount of things you can do to market a business or to grow it or to get more sales. But actually only a tiny fraction of them actually matter and move the needle. So for me, it's all about focus. And I saw this as well when you were interviewing Scott. It's like quite often when you look at the people that are achieving the most, it's not what they have, it's what they lack. And the biggest gains come from subtraction. So if you can eliminate all the stuff that doesn't really matter to the point where maybe something breaks, but you eliminate it just to see what happens, that makes a huge difference. So I'll give you an example, right? So we were talking about our profit margins. Yeah. Profit margins are way higher than they were last year. That's because, you know, it's, it's ruthless, but in a, in a way that has to, it's been done to protect everyone in the team is the fact that anyone who was not providing an ROI and we were basically carrying had to leave the company. Um, for, for example, you know, we had a big marketing team and we have, we, it was slowing us down to the point where our results were not growing. And as soon as we changed that, we got huge gains for it. Crazy gains. Yeah. Can I ask how that felt? Because for, again, you're very different. I noticed the person I'm talking to today is very different than the person that I met a year ago, but the person I met a year ago was definitely someone who didn't appear that he was comfortable with any kind of conflict. Like you weren't a confrontational individual. Yeah. And I'd love to hear your perspective. Like, how did you deal with that of having to say, okay, I'm going to have to have these tough conversations. And we're going to have to go from a place where we didn't have them to all of a sudden I'm going to have them. And this is kind of a little bit, it does that fear possibly of rejection by others of judgment of, oh, okay, he's not who does he think he is, whatever it may be. But I'd love to hear if you'd be open to sharing, this is kind of went on in my head and this is how I managed it. Yeah, for me, I was obviously worried about how people would react, what they think. And, you know, it's, it's horrible getting rid of someone because, you know, it's going to affect their whole life, right? And yeah. have a lot of empathy for anyone who's in that situation. At the same time, literally no one complained at any part of the process. It was totally obvious because for me, the big part of it as well was it was very logical. And if I, I could separate the logic from the emotion, for example, all of those decisions were data-driven decisions. I could literally put someone's name on a spreadsheet next to how much ROI they were bringing and if they were profitable or not. And if they were not profitable, it didn't make sense to keep that person as a business decision. I, I honestly think the biggest lesson from that, what I hear from the side and for most people that struggle with this is for you, from what it sounds like, you had the freedom to just make a logical decision because you were so clear on this person's metrics. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have the proper metrics, how to assess their employees. And they kind of try to say, how do I feel about this person? Is he productive? Is he helpful or is he not? But then it's also, how do I feel about letting someone go and having that conversation? They're just in their feelings. And because you had such a clear dashboard, it was, I think that's honestly probably was the thing that enabled that to be 
not as difficult as it needed to be. Yeah, I think there's two things there. Number one, you got to separate facts from opinion. And you do that with the data and the KPIs. And number two, you have to realize, and I realize, especially this year, is like, as your emotions go up, your intellect goes down. Yep. And if emotions in business is terrible, it, it sabotages everything. So you've really got to be as logical as you can. Great. Cool. So I want to go back a little bit because we kind of touched on something that I want to touch a little bit more on. I think most people don't subtract because it's scary. It's we're sometimes sure we're not good enough. What we're doing is not good enough. So the basic answer is let me do more. First off, let's do more. And you said you even took it to a different extreme. We're saying I'm okay subtracting even to the point where we subtract a little bit too much. And it's a very big shift from what you were saying, how in the beginning you just used to add more, 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 more. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that. Like what enabled you to feel comfortable saying, okay, naturally I want to add more because I feel like we're not doing good enough, but I recognize that maybe we should try subtracting just how that process was for you. Yeah, for me, I mean, the first thing I did was, Obviously, after our workshop, where we looked at what we needed to eliminate, when I looked at all the entrepreneurs who were sort of on the next level to me, they were all about efficiency and eliminating. And I think one of the biggest things is focus, right? Because focus is one of the biggest multipliers you can have. And if you're distracted and you're doing Twitter and you're doing YouTube and you're doing LinkedIn and Cure or whatever, your focus is all over the place to the point where you're not potent anymore. And if you're not potent, that's going to filter down to your work and everyone else in the team as well. One of the best activities I did, and I still do this today, is I track every single minute that I put into the business. And I can easily see, I can easily ask myself the question, is this profitable and productive? And if it's not, then it needs to be eliminated. So for me, I think just remove all the stimuli and say no to everything that is in your priority. So this is really interesting because I'll say why. Usually what I see, I'm, I'm starting to notice the pattern here. Usually what I see is that removing stuff requires a belief in oneself because you're saying, okay, I believe that if I actually have more focus, I can create better outcomes. That's A. Now, most people struggle with that belief. Now, the way what I'm noticing as a pattern here is that because you had such clear data, it wasn't an emotional thing of, do I actually believe this or do I not? You can just look at this. Okay, if I focus down and actually do this, this is 80, 20 of it. So it actually gets results. And exactly. it's interesting, you're the first person I've talked to with regards to the mindset stuff, because you had a really aggressive shift. And what I'm thinking here is like, the more data you can collect, the more you're saying you don't actually involve your emotions. You can just look at it from a very dry, factual manner. And that's kind of been a real sledgehammer for you just to have all that data. Is that accurate? Massively. Yeah. If you can swap facts for opinions, you win. Definitely. Yeah. And that's the other that's thing, great. right? If, if you got, because you, you're getting so many different opinions from everyone else as well. Like, like the con the content you consume, your team's opinions, any consultants or coaches you have. And the only way to edit it down without feeling overwhelmed is just to think, okay, what's actually going to move the needle? Cause it's only one, two or three things. Yeah. If you try and do everything, it's done. But if you focus on one or two, three things, you're removing the clutter and the junk. So I do have a question here. That's interesting to me. I didn't teach you 
all this kind of stuff. Like I didn't give you dashboards for tracking the data, for tracking your minutes, for tracking each employee's ROI. That was something that you were doing before. So what was the thing that caused you to say, okay, I have this data. Now I feel comfortable actually utilizing it, so to speak. For me, well, so in January, when we had such a big team on board, it was the first month in the entire history of working. I've been running this company for six years where we didn't make a profit. Hmm. And it was a big, big, like a lab bill at that point. And to the point where, you know, you, you got a hundred grand payroll bill, but you're not getting paid anything yourself and you're working seriously hard. You're like, what am I doing here? I've totally mismanaged this. And then from there, just reverse engineering. Okay. Here's what I'm doing wrong. Here's where all the waste is. And how can I be more efficient every day? There was a really good book I've read called The Road Less Stupid. Yeah, great book. Amazing book. And he talks a lot about, you don't need to do more smart things. You just need to do less dumb things. <laughs> and that's pretty much what was the case for me. Yeah. So every single day I would do like a one hour thinking session using the questions from that book. And that gave me far more clarity to make better decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know the other thing as well, that scares me is like, that was at a seven figure level and it is it, seriously, it was scary, like not making a profit and having a big wage bill to cover. But I think he lost like a hundred million dollars or something like that and made it all back eventually. But yeah. it, the sooner you learn these mistakes, the better, because otherwise at different scales, it can be way worse. So from what I'm hearing from you, basically you have these things, but all of a sudden when like reality slapped you and said, Hey, this thing that you're doing isn't working, this method, this mindset, this, uh, it's called managerial process or formula. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to shift gears. And then because I can rely on the data, I can do this very efficiently. Would that be accurate? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it was a case as well of like every day, just asking the right questions. Like, okay, what do I need to remove to eliminate faster? um to to move faster yeah. what's getting in my way what's draining my mental energy was there anything there that even with the data you still felt uncomfortable yeah i mean 100 percent. yeah with the firings for sure because some of those people you build really good relationships with and you know like you you get along almost as friends. So it's difficult when you have to have those conversations, but at the same time, everyone totally understood. Yeah. Cause you were just able to say, we're not profitable. These are your metrics. Therefore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And every single one of them got 12 weeks to hit those KPIs. Yeah. But didn't reach them. So it was very obvious. Yeah. That's great. So you're able to completely separate it from a personal thing. They're like, I feel like you're not really doing as good as you should be. It wasn't that at all. It was just like, this is the metrics is when you tap in order for the company to succeed. And therefore this might not be a fit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about burnout because you said you were teetering on the edge of that before that. Why do you feel like that's changed? Is it the actual you're doing less things or is it a certain peace of mind or is it a certain the you don't feel this kind of sense of pressure about being a different kind of person. What is it for you that changed and got you out of that sense of burnout? For me, everything is lighter, you know, because for example, when you have less people, you have less stress, less problems, right? Less people to manage, less drama. So yeah. that makes everything easy. Number two is 
when you're doing less, but you focus more on doing those things better, all of a sudden your results are better, which makes everything more comfortable. Number three, of course, is being profitable. And it tends to be, (laughs) it definitely helps. And it's such a, such a rewarding journey really to see that the eliminations you make and the progress you make so far leads to higher profit margins. So that makes it far more motivating. I think as well, the final thing I would say is like, you're not constantly wondering, okay, what's the next step? What do I need to do? Because when you have so much going on, you can't see very clearly. The water is very murky. Whereas when you let everything settle and you focus on efficiency, you know, like, right, there's only three things I have to do every single day. I'm just going to do those. Keep rinsing and repeating and the business will grow. And it's very, very simple. You yeah. just have to show up. And I think it's beautiful. And I want to, I want to repeat this basically for everybody listening. I think most people don't do that because they don't believe enough in themselves to say these are, if I just do these few things, it'll make a big enough impact. And what's beautiful is that Julian created a kind of structure where he didn't have to even have that conversation with himself so much because the data so clearly showed it. Because he put that legwork to create this like dashboard where you can see the data, what activities create a high ROI, it, it wasn't as challenging to believe in yourself because you could say, oh, if I just spend more time here, it'll actually be effective. Is that accurate? Yeah, exactly. I think along the way, you know, you will be, to, you will be tempted to do anything yeah else but the work (laughs) and you just have to learn to say no and it's typically down to sacrifice right like for me for example last year if if i analyzed the year in quarters there were some quarters where i wasn't that focused where i was distracted i was doing music i was traveling and i was doing other stuff but you really have to get clear on what's the most important thing what's your vision and then from there reverse engineering for us yeah uh, we have a mutual friend who I won't say by name that I remember one of our other friends was saying his business didn't do so well. He's just been like kind of partying a lot. And all of a sudden, like the markets changed a little bit and his business is doing so well. And I was like, yes. He was like, what do you mean? Yes. I was like, yes. If you party a lot, then things can like that can happen. That's not your focus anymore. And this is the yeah. reality of it. It's like, it's a give and take. Yeah. So do I want to ask you? Sorry, go ahead. It's the price you pay, isn't it? You, you have to pay a price and a sacrifice or everything. Yep. Yeah. Everything comes with a price of admission. Like success comes with a price of admission. That's what I was always taught and it makes sense to me. Um, so I want to ask this, is there any kind of parting words that you want to say, this is something that really helped me. This is, I think, something that could help other people who are also just kind of doing too much, stuck in it, perhaps managing from a place where they're not assertive and just feel obligated to be this other person so people won't judge. Do you have any kind of words of wisdom from your experience? Say, this is something that really helped me that we didn't cover yet that I do want to share. If you want to move faster, eliminate more and stop caring what other people think. If you can work on that every single day, just move 1% forward on that belief. Everything else gets easier. Yeah. I think as well, it's very, it's very hard before. I started working with you to understand what the outcome would be. And it's hard to step back from yourself and see it objectively as a situation. But the thing is, you'll keep running in circles if you don't have anyone else to call out your own bullshit. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'll share my little key on how to care less about others, about others in general. 
it's first off, like you said, acknowledging that, oh, this is not people that I actually care about. These aren't my close friends that I care. There's this ominous day. And then to recognize who do I want to actually like think highly of me and to cherry pick those people. Because then I can say, okay, these are the people I admire, I look up to, people I respect in, in various verticals as well. Like some people for health, some people for business, some people for family, whatever it may be. And say, okay, well, this action, will they think it's a good thing or a bad thing? So for example, you being more authentic in your content and all that, I'm sure the people you actually care about, they're like, right on, man, do it. Yeah, exactly. And, and also, last part, for me, I'm very clear on who I do not want approval from. And I just ignore, and I recognize that some people, and I come with it 100% ready that some people are going to say negative things. And I just accept that as a baseline. I think we're so afraid of accepting that as a reality that sometimes we're trying to avoid it at all costs. But if you can just embrace the fact that, okay, whenever I do something is going to have some negative feedback and I'm okay with that, it's really freeing. Like if you're trying to learn stand-up comedy and you're expecting some booze, that's going to be freeing. If you're hoping no one's ever going to not like it, you're not actually going to step on that stage. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a normal part of the human experience, isn't it? There's going to be ups yeah. and downs and failures along the way, but you don't get better without doing those things. Yeah, and I think it's just to accept it. Like I said, like accept it, that it's a part of it. It's not, it does, it's not a sign that something's wrong and you should back off. It's just, it's, just, it's a part of it and it's perfectly okay. And the sooner you can accept it, the less you'll be deterred by it. One final thing I would say that really helped as well was you looked at what are the value traits that would be the biggest opportunities? So like yeah. analyzing the gap between who you are and who you're becoming. Who you want to become. Who you want to become to reach those goals. And that makes a big difference as well. For example, okay, you need to be someone who says no more often if you want to reach that goal that you have. Yeah. Can you share what it was for you? What was the main bridge for you, so to speak? Uh, I would say for me, it was... It was that assertiveness that made a big difference, yeah, because then you have to have, you have tough conversations, but you don't care and you're fine with that. And yeah. you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, man. So I want to say thank you for doing the podcast. It's much appreciated. Yes. My main takeaways were that sometimes the easy, like I say my, the main one, just one to really key in on is that sometimes having these tough conversations is very difficult when you're not really clear. And when it's just like, I feel that this isn't going well, but when you actually do the legwork to collect the data, which most people don't, it makes things much more simple because all of a sudden you're not trying to say, I feel that things aren't going well. You can just say, this is the numbers, this is what's working, this is what's not. And you can say that both to other people, as far as their actions, if the employees don't fit and also to yourself, are my actions incorrect? Am I doing too many things that actually don't make sense? And making the effort to track that data can make the emotional conversation you have to have either with yourself or with other people infinitely easier because things are just more clear. So with that, I want to say this, guys. You might be thinking like Julian's at a different spot just because he's doing SEO or it's a different kind of business. But if you're looking at yourself and you feel a little bit burnt out or perhaps a little bit overwhelmed or doing too much, it might be time to reassess. And I have like, how long has this been going on? How long is it going to keep going on? I think he shared some very valuable strategies here. First, just taking a step back and giving yourself the opportunity to subtract. But you got to make that decision. If you're willing to do that, like Julian said, like many, many other people that I've worked with, they've usually said that addition by subtraction, that part of removing has been the most impactful part. It just requires courage 
And what he's offered here is a way to actually reduce the amount of courage you have to have by getting clear on the data, which is really powerful. So I want to leave you guys with that thought. Like, what do I need to remove? And what data do I need to make to actually clarify that? What I should I remove and what shouldn't I? So Julian, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Cheers. Very insightful. I really appreciate it, man. And again, thank congrats you. on all your success. It's awesome, man. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations, go big, and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought-provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamomryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and confidently tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing held back, emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamomryan.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, and establish elite emotional fortitude that will allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at edamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins.